I said, are you ready to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace? God is still on the throne, and he reigns in victory. Amen, somebody. I mean, we are gathering together to lift up Jesus Christ today, and we're going to worship with our hands lifted high, our hearts abandoned, and just seek Jesus' face today. You make the lame man walk again. You cause the dead to rise. And that's why we dance in liberty, cause you're doing it all again. Hey. Oh, oh, cause you're doing it all again. Oh, come on, help me sing. You make, you make the blind man see. Cause the dead to rise. Cause the dead to rise. And that's why we dance in liberty Cause you're doing it all again Oh, come on church Oh, cause you're doing it all again Oh, oh, cause you're doing it all again Oh, oh, cause you're doing it
take a moment and sing that chorus again. And he says, I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to the King of Kings, to the Prince of Peace, to the Lord of Lords. And I can stand on this stage today and account that God is the Prince of Peace. As I think back over my life, and I think of situations that there was the peace that passed all understanding. Yes, yes. Glory and I'll God. never forget working at a previous church and, and we lost a student on one of our adventures that we had. Yes. And there was a peace that passed all understanding yes. at the top of that boat. And I was leading everybody that day. And I'll never forget that moment that I didn't think I was gonna make it. But God, his yes. peace was there and I didn't understand but it was there and it was 2017 and so I want us to sing that chorus again I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to Jesus and I want you to sing it with affirmation sing it with authority because God's given you that authority today all right church here we go and I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle for the battle for coming and being with us this evening. We're excited and very glad that you're here. We're going to ask you to continue to worship with us as we receive communion. I hope everyone has their elements. If you don't, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. So glad to see you. You look good. Good to see God's people gathered together. But the Bible teaches us that when we gather together, we are to recognize and remember the Lord Jesus Christ through communion. So I'm going to ask you now. The Bible says that on the night that he was betrayed, that he took the bread and he broke it. And he broke it into pieces. And he said, this bread represents my body. So I'm going to ask you to break your bread and take it and eat. Lord, we bless this bread right now in Jesus' name. God, that it might fulfill your purpose in our lives. We remember you with the bread as your broken body. The Bible also says that he took the cup. This cup represents the new covenant, the agreement between us and God. Father, we bless this cup right now in Jesus' name. God, take it. We take it and drink. Lord, you said to do this in remembrance of you. This evening, Father, we have remembered 
our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have remembered his broken body and his blood that was shed. And we thank you, Almighty God, that we do this as we proclaim his death until he returns. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. church let's pray father god we love you god we thank you that we can come before you and worship you by taking communion and knowing that you are right here i love you lord oh your mercy never fails me for all my days i've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head to rest I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so
you sing all my life and all my life you have been faithful come on church he has all my life you have been so so every breath every breath that i am able oh i will sing the goodness of I 
Father God, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you that we can corporately gather together and worship you. Because you reign in victory. You're smiling down on your people right now. As our praises go up. And Father God, we are so grateful that we are standing in 2021. That we can enter in your courts with praise and thanksgiving. And you are so, so good, Jesus. just our way of saying thank you for joining us and we hope that you enjoy our worship experience this evening it's getting i have to get used to saying this evening um there's a couple of announcements for you uh, first if you have not seen we are doing a bible immersion summer campaign we are reading exodus right now today's the fifth we're on the fifth chapter if you have not started with us it is not too late you can double up maybe a couple of days they're not that long so a chapter a day of exodus following the day of the week um, so again chapter five today tomorrow will be chapter six um, so join us for that also june 19th not next week and the weekend after june 19th we will be celebrating on our saturday service father's day and baby dedications so if you have not dedicated your little one to the converge family make sure and email admin at weareconverge.com to get them registered and signed up so we can be prepared to do a cool little dedication for them last but not least if you would like to purchase some cool converge merch for summer we have new gear hats water bottles t-shirts uh, we have a booth outside in the lobby but you can also go to store.weareconverge.com and get your sweat awesome. all right thank you i echo cassie's sentiments everybody in saying we are so glad to see each of you here in person we have missed you guys terribly and we're so grateful to have you here we are at what is one of my most favorite parts of the worship experience, and that is the opportunity to sow into building God's kingdom here at Converge. And we get to do it in person today, guys. So when we bring our tithes and offerings, what we're doing is we are helping Converge build the kingdom of God by giving life-giving ministry and heart and transforming ministry to you and to others in the community. Here at Converge, we like to do what we call, we have a no hassle guarantee. So we're not gonna twist your arm, we're not gonna pump and prime you, but if you would like to partner with us financially, we have multiple ways in which you can do that. First, you can give here today in person. You should have received some envelopes on your way in and you can drop them in the receptacles at the end of the worship experience. Or you can give safely and securely online by going to www.weareconverge.com forward slash give or you can text GIVE to 77977. Again, we love you guys. We miss you guys. We appreciate you. And we want you to enjoy the rest of the worship experience. Amen. Amen.
Hey there. Is today your first time here? Or maybe your first time in a while? If so, maybe you're wondering exactly who we are and what this church is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired Word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So welcome to church. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited. It is so good to see everybody. For those of you, this may be your very first time and you're like, who is she? Well, I am Pastor Wendy Harmon. I belong to Pastor Ray and Pastor Ray is not with us today, but thank God for a pastor who allows women in ministry. Yay! Somebody is happy I'm here. Yay! And shout out to dads that will come and serve and bring their kids. Shout out to Jonathan Lyles. Thank you for having the babies here. You know, I cut my teeth in ministry on, uh, in children's church, so you don't have to take the babies out. I've got the mic, so we'll just all just, he can say yay, and I'll just talk a little louder. He can come up here and have a seat. It's all good. But I am so excited to see everyone. I don't want to over-talk, for blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be invited to speak again. Amen? Before we get started, though, I would like to not only just welcome you back, but also express my deepest, deepest gratitude to the Preston Trail family. If you belong to Converge, I need you to get on your feet and give a rowdy thank you, Jesus, for Preston Trail. We are so grateful. Thank you all. And it's not just about having a building to meet in. What this is about is Preston Trail is showing us how to be the church. These buildings weren't made for us to be territorial about. It was to be collaborative. And as a recipient, I'd never been a part of a church plant until City Church now Converge Church. And then, you know, things can get a little wonky, you know, with churches and just everybody trying to do what God has called them to do in that space. But to have a church not just allow us to be in the space, but to be so gracious. So you all are getting to sit here and they... they the gratitude, the graciousness they have shown toward us. I mean, they've been praying for us in their staff meetings and we didn't know about. They have been in contact with us. They have been spending their extra personal time to make sure that we are set. They have used their staff people to come and just be gracious. So it's one thing for somebody to just give you something, but it's another thing for somebody to do it with love. So we just thank God for Preston Trail. I'm going to stop talking about that because I'll start crying, but if you belong to Preston Preston Trail and you are here. We are so grateful to God. You are, we have felt like orphans with nowhere to go and you open your doors and it's such a huge, huge thing. Not having any place to go will make you think, God, did you really say? 
not having any place to meet and you're just staying small year after year, you start to wonder, God, did you really say? Well, Preston Trail answered that. Yes, he did, and here we are. Amen. Amen, amen. We'd like to also say congratulations to all of our graduates who graduated. So thank, congratulations to all of you. We are expecting good things out of you because of the great God that is in you. And so we are very excited that God has just propelled you and he's kept you for this next season. I'm looking for the Ford family. Are the Fords here? Shelly and Dalvin here? Okay, they are not. Remember their daughter, Kelsey. Kelsey is getting ready to move to New York. And if you are a parent and you have a young adult and they get ready to move where you can't drive. See, they were in New Orleans. They were transplanted here to Dallas because of Hurricane Katrina. Kelsey went to school down in Austin. Austin is drivable. New Orleans, you can get to. When you live in North Dallas and your baby says, hey, I want to follow my dream and move to New York, that is a different kind of faith that her parents need. So just remember Kelsey Ford, Dalvin Ford, and Shelly as Kelsey moves into the next steps of her life. As Cassie said, we are in our Bible immersion campaign in Exodus. And so Pastor Ray has given me the awesome opportunity to actually start that series off with a message entitled, Get Out. Look at your neighbor and say, get out. Now, this is not the get out like we would think. I don't know. Do we have the get out eyes? Do we have that graphic? I want you all to see what our series graphic looks like, if we can put that up here. I'm sorry to just be calling out uh, on the fly. Angie, are you able to get that? Okay, we don't. Look on our Facebook page and Instagram. Those are Pastor Ray's eyes looking to see if you are out. And the get out is not get out like, get out of here. You know, I have an 11-year-old boy, and 11-year-old boys come with 11-year-old friends from the neighborhood, and when they come to your house and they want chips and Gatorade, it's cute for like the first 30 seconds, but then it's like, hey, you guys want to go in the backyard and play basketball? It's not that kind of get out. This get out, the exodus is a challenge for you today. Now, we have gathered, in the words of Christine Kane, we've gathered to scatter, and as we are relaunching our in-person services, we don't want you to just come in and have a seat and enjoy seeing your friends. We are actually challenging you to get out. Get out and do what? I'm so glad you asked. If we, you could turn to Genesis or look it up or it should be on the screen. In the beginning, God said, get out. Not actually, but for this sermon series. God, I hope that's okay. I'm just ad-libbing for the message. In the beginning, God admonishes us to get out. Let's look at that. In Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28, the Amplified, and I may kind of skip around, Angie, because every time I look at my notes, I change something, so <laughs> roll with me, sister. It says in Genesis 1, 26, it says, Then God said, Let us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. So if you've ever read that scripture and it says, okay, God, you know, God is spirit. In Genesis, it says, 
create man in our image? Here is a great answer. I cut my teeth on the King James Version, the New King James Version, but I love this message paraphrase so that all of us, especially as we have a lot of our young people here today, they can see, oh, this is what God means. I'm going to go back to verse 26. Not in our... It says, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit make man in our image according to our likeness. Not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And then let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. I'm going to skip down to verse 28. And God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's the get out moment for me. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. You really can't feel a whole lot being stationary, not speaking spiritually. You can sit at the table during COVID time and, and fill up. Which I learned how to make oxtail and a peach pie that'll knock your socks off. But I've been filling up too much. That's why I'm going to let this podium hide the glory. But anyway, you can fill up. But God is admonished from the very beginning. One thing I've learned about this walk with God, God's original plan is his eternal plan. So if we see in Genesis 1 where he's saying be fruitful and multiply, let's look at that multiplication in this in just a second. It says putting under putting it under your feet, and rule over, dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. I want you to say to yourself, I have dominion. As God is calling us out, we don't have to move out in fear. We have dominion. This is not a part of my summary notes, but I just had a little idea, so I'm going to take a squirrel, rabbit trail, and tell you this story. Dominion. Everybody say dominion. So I think it was, when was it? It was probably the summer of 2019. It might have been the fall. It was hot that day. Nia and I are going out somewhere. And I'd locked the front door and thought, oh, I forgot something. Let's go through the garage. We put up the garage door, and Nia says, Mommy, there's a snake right there. Everybody say dominion. And so being a girly girl as I am, you would think, snake, run, scream. But I have dominion. So I saw where the coil was snaked up. You know, it's just a little lip from the, when you're driving through the, dri the driveway and then the garage. And so that little guy, he had just coiled himself up, I guess to get some cool air, between the lip of the garage and under the garage door. And he was all coiled up. And I'm thinking, garage. I have four Christmas trees in my garage. If you have four Christmas trees in your house, do you know how many bins of ornaments and Christmas stuff you have? So immediately I thought, oh Lord, if this snake gets up in this garage, we will never find him. And then going through the garage, it's the laundry room, laundry room, and then my father-in-law's room. Like in a split second, I'm thinking about that. So I'm telling Nia, I mean, I've got purse, I've got keys, and I got a broom. And I said, go get your daddy. And I'm trying to shoot a snake out. So the sh snake said, no, I want to be here. And so he starts moving in the garage. You all, I took that broom, Dominion, and I jammed the broom up against the wall. And that snake was biting the room, the broom. I dropped my purse and keys. And I'm like, ah! still biting, biting, biting the broom. But I kept remembering, I have dominion. I have dominion. I'm a mother. I'm not losing nobody today because of a snake bite. Dominion. 
And where do I get it from? It's not because I'm from Ypsilanti, Michigan, and I think I'm all that. It's because of the word of God that's hidden in my heart. And when it mattered, you have to step into that authority. The get out God is calling us to, you have dominion. That means if I can hold back a snake, we did call Mr. Tab from across the street. He came running. I was hollering so loud. I'm sure you know all my neighbors were looking out of the house. I mean, I'm just hollering. And I'm just, and the snake is just biting. But it was like a little teenage snake. He wasn't a big daddy snake, so he didn't really know what to do. So we were a good match for each other. And Mr. Tab got him, and he pulled him out. And you know what we did. What do you do with a snake? You just got to chop his head off. Yeah, it was sad, but it was either us or him. So I was like, Lord. <laughs> but right here, Genesis 1, I have dominion. That means you don't have to be afraid of anything. Young people, you don't have to be afraid to be a witness for Christ. You have dominion. If you are in the house and you are afraid, you can say, God be with me. I have dominion. You don't have to be afraid. Don't do anything foolish because you have dominion. We don't play with snakes, and we don't, we don't do things like that, but you have dominion. So that means that there is a holy confidence you can have right here from Genesis. And as we talk about getting out, and when we're, what we're about to ask you to do in being a witness and inviting people, not just to church, but to come see about a man who has known everything about each one of us, and he still says, I love you, and I've called you. So, thank you for that little rabbit trail. We're back on track. <laughs> we see God in Genesis 1 saying here, I want more like you in my image. Come here right quick. Come here, uh, Dexter. Quick, quick, quick. D Dexter, where's Kaketso? Run up here, Kaketso. Uh, Levi, come quick, 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 quick. So, Dexter, you're going to be God, okay? You're going to be God. Kaketso. You're going to be man, so you stand in front of, 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 of Dexter. No, face this way. Yes. And you're going to be Kaketso's son just for this. So, turn this way. This is our Levi. This is Pastor Ray's. It used to be a little boy, but he ate some a couple weeks ago, and now he's almost tall as me. <laughs> so pretend that Dexter is God. When God is saying, multiply. What he's saying is we are created in God's image. Remember that? That's the moral likeness and good choices. So God here has created man. Then he gives man the command to create, to multiply and reproduce, not just to make more of. We are created in his image. And so when we are saying get out and invite people to church and pray for them, it's not just, oh, we just want to go to church. It's as we are created in God's image. When God says multiply and be fruitful, what he's wanting us to do is multiply his image. Multiply his image. So when we're bringing people, we think about multiplication as in terms of reproduction and making more children. Yes, but you don't have to have a child to reproduce the image of God. You are created in his likeness. And so when he's saying be fruitful and multiply, that is a charge to us as believers. It doesn't mean all the way necessarily in totality bearing fruit in your body, but it means to multiply the image of God to others and inviting them, saying, come see about this man. Thank you guys so much. Amen. We have a God 
given responsibility to reproduce. So as we come back to in-person service, we want other people to come. I mean, the pandemic has happened, and in Jesus' name, it's lifting. But do you know the residual effects of that? Maybe not lifting. People are hurting. They're broken. They want answers. I watched... Um, it was on Instagram, and there was a, a pastor, and he said that uh, it, it was like a Zoom meeting of a lot of pastors, and I believe they were out in California. I do know this particular pastor, and he began to cry when he was having this Zoom meeting with the other pastors. And he said, as I'm taking calls at my church, he said, I've got faithful people calling saying, why didn't anybody tell us? I've given my money and my time. Where were the prophets before this thing came? Being fruitful and multiplying means telling people about Jesus. Why? And so that they are not dependent on pastors. Why? Because God is almighty. It is not church leadership responsibility to get people here. We do have sort of responsibility, but we put the chart. You are all ministers of reconciliation. So telling people about Jesus, that should just be second nature. And so we may not have known that why we have done what we thought was good to do, like building buildings and having programs, and it is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But now can we not see that he is doing a new thing? We have even a greater responsibility to get out and tell people, Jesus loves you. He's there for you. He wants the best for your life. It's not over. It's going to be okay. Say, get out. Get out. Say, I was born to reproduce. That is not just in the physical. That is in the spiritual as well. One of the healthiest responses to the love and the mercy and the grace of God that has been extended to us is to reproduce. So begin to pray for opportunities. God, how can I tell someone about you? Now, don't be weird and do it. Or well, if you're going to be weird, just don't wear your converged shirt. You know, just, you know. You don't have to just say, Jesus, 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 come to my church. Jesus, I just want to show everybody I'm a believer. It can just be in a hello. The other day I decided I was leaving the hairdresser. You know, I had braids. I took the hair out. And so I was leaving the hairdresser, and I decided to be a gift to myself. Right around the corner from the hairdresser is this little restaurant called the Jamaican Spot. Let me tell you, I don't know if you had good Jamaican food or not, but it will just change your whole ministry. And it will bless you so much, you won't have to cook dinner or do the dishes. So I just decided, I heard a word from the Lord, let me go around the corner and bless my father-in-law. You know, my father-in-law, Pastor Ray, they're from Liberia, and one of the delicacies that they enjoy in Liberia is goat. I am American, and I don't really know about cooking goat. It's okay, you know, but, you know, I decided to go around to the little Jamaican restaurant. I was being a gift to myself. No dinner, no dishes. All right. Everybody could be blessed in my house. So I go around there, and I've got my mask on, and I place an order. And never go to the Jamaican restaurant when you're hungry. It, it's a little bit dangerous. That's like going to the grocery store when you're, you're hungry. Because when they rung it up, I was like, oh, I didn't know I had ordered a pair of shoes in this deal. But, you know, I had to remember that, you know, it was the no doing the dishes that was the most important to me. So I went ahead and placed the order. And while I'm there, I'm just standing. I'm actually praying. 
I'm praying about this message because I haven't spoken live in a long time, and I'm just praying, Lord, let me stay on task. I don't want to, we were fasting, so I wasn't able to, you know how we do when we're standing in line looking through Instagram and stuff, so I couldn't twiddle my thumbs, so I just stood there, and I was praying. I was praying for you all, praying for the services, and guess what? God gave me an opportunity to practice what I'm preaching. So I'm standing there, and this cute little chocolate drop, she comes up to me, and she says, may I ask you who does your hair? And for just a second, I just felt like a silver fox. I was like, all right. Because she was young, probably in her 20s, and she had that natural curly, you know, Afro hair. This hair, it don't even turn into Afro. Did you know that gray hair comes with a spirit all by itself? It is a cantankerous, unruly spirit. And just, I mean, in all its ways. And so this is, you know, just what I have left. It's either braids or straight. So she asked me, and I felt a little something, you know. I'm like, a young girl asked me about my hair. She don't even have one gray hair in her head. So I told her, oh, I went to this lady around the corner. I'll give you her card. And so we just started talking. I mean, she was a sweet little something, remind me of my Nia. So I'm just happy that the young girl wanted to talk to the silver fox, you know. So we're just talking and everything. And I don't know. And we start showing pictures of our hair. I showed her what it used to look like when I used to have the big afro and everything. And so I said something about, I don't know what I said. I can't remember about the church. And she said, oh, you go to, where do you go to church? And I said, well, actually, you know, my husband's a pastor. And because I'm not weird, because if I say I'm a pastor, I'm not the lead pastor to the church. And then people be like, mm, no, you know, it could be weird for some people. And so I just always say, you know, my husband's a pastor because he is and all this. And so I gave her information to the church. And she said, I have sisters, and we've kind of been looking for a church. And I said, we would love to have you. I didn't put any disclaimers. I didn't tell her it was way far north in McKinney because we were in Addison. I didn't talk her out of coming to visit us. I just gave her the information. She's got Google so she can look it up. And I said, one day soon, I will tell you what this encounter has meant to me because the Lord gave me an opportunity to get out before I encouraged you to get out of, you know, hiding behind my mask or just staying there or just keeping it what it was, just talking. And I was so excited for myself. I was like, Lord, you give us opportunity. And it's not hard for me to witness to people, but you know, there are some mindsets that you can hold even in church leadership that will kind of, you know, you'll just look at Instagram or just Get your food and go to the car. We ended up having a good conversation. We actually exchanged numbers because I'm not afraid to exchange number because you could just block them if they get weird, you know. So we exchanged numbers, and she sent me a text, and she was like, oh, it was so nice to meet you. And she actually helped me to the car. And so had I just kept things as normal, you know, the social distancing, I would not have had the blessing that I needed. If I'd have just kept things as, as I've gotten accustomed in the last year, I wouldn't have had an opportunity to see God move even in me. And so we've got to get out of what has become a norm. Again, we don't have to be weird, but we can do what God has called us to do. Matthew 28 in the New Living Translation, note most of us, if you've been around church any time and if you've... Um, 
just studied the word. Most of us know this as the Great Commission. Again, we have an Old Testament example of God wanting us to get out. And now I'm going to take you to the New Testament. Matthew 28, verses 16, 17, and then we'll skip down 19 and 20. It says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. In Matthew 28, what we see now is after Jesus has resurrected. He's he spoken to the disciples, and so he has told them to go. So God in Genesis said, get out. Now we see Jesus in Matthew saying, get out. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Now let's look back at that as we started. It says, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. You know what I see here is, what is in my notes? You can belong before you believe. Don't be afraid to invite that friend that's a little bit on the broke down, you know, say a couple of little bad words, may have something, you know, hanging out the side of their mouth that has smoke coming from it. Don't be afraid to invite them to church. We see that there were disciples, followers of Christ, and even they doubted. But they were, it wasn't like, okay, the disciples here and then them. They belonged even though they might not have fully believed. It is not your responsibility to get somebody saved. What is your responsibility is to get out, bring them in with you, and let God do the work. Verse 19, therefore go, get out, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new principles to, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Look at this, teach, that's a process. These new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. When you get out and you start gathering people, say, oh, come to my church, not just to come to my church and fill up these seats, but for them to see Jesus. When you get out and you do that, we are to teach them. We don't command them. Well, you know, if you come to my church, don't wear that skirt there. And, you know, you want to cover up your tattoos. And uh, mm -mm. that's not for us. We are to teach them, give them the same process of grace that was given to us. Now you have a command because you know better. You know the difference between having an 11-year-old and a 3-year-old. So the 11-year-old might get mad. Levi watches these, the series, The Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And Gregory is always having a fit because his little brother does something. He's only three. What's the little brother's name? Manny does stuff. And Greg is like, oh, it was Manny's fault. The expectation of an 11-year-old is not the same expectation of a 3-year-old. The expectation of seasoned believers is not the expectation of the new ones. So we are to teach them, encourage them, not tell them don't, don't, don't. It is the love of God that draws men to repentance, not the judgment of the neighbors and friends. It goes on to say, teach, that's the process, these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. Be sure, have no doubt. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You can invite people 
and they might not come. You all know the story of Damon and Camille Denson. We invited them to church. Does anybody remember how long they had the card to church? Two years before they came. They came, they served, they wanted to move to Atlanta to start a church and do what God has called them to do. And we blessed them. It wasn't my responsibility to say, oh my goodness, I gave her the card and she never came. Mm -mm. It's our responsibility to get out, to do our part, and we allow God to do the rest. I love this. I had to include this. I know I've read a lot of scripture, but verse 20 of Matthew 28 in the Amplified says this. Teach them, those new believers that we're going to be bringing in, teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of the circumstance and on every occasion, even to the end. So some of you may feel like, oh, I've just had such a hard time, or maybe I've not made good choices, and who am I to invite somebody to church? You know what? You are a ripe candidate. You don't have to give them a scripture. You can say, you know what? <laughs> Life has been rough for me, but God has been good. Why don't you just come with me? And God will do the rest. So there is not a prerequisite of you to be so holy. Now, you just can't do certain things, you know. Please, don't wear your T-shirt and, you know, just do the things. I don't even have to go into it because we all, most of us are grown, you know. You just don't be doing all that kind of stuff and then inviting people to church because, you know what the prophet said to David, because you've done this evil thing, you've caused unbelievers to blaspheme the name of the Lord Most High. So we want to make sure that our conduct at all times lines up so that we can always remain, we can always give witness to somebody. Side story. Long time ago when I first met Pastor Ray, Angie, help me, how many more minutes do I have? Okay, I see the clock back there. Long time ago when I met Pastor Ray, he was an old, cute, little African guy playing the guitar. I mean, he just was so quiet, he would be in the back. So we were at this church, and you know, we were young, and he was on staff at the church a few months before we were married. So then there was this young lady, and she had lost her husband recently, single mom, and she just decided that the Lord has sent her a word that Pastor Ray is supposed to be her husband. <laughs> so she done called my house now. We, we've since married because she had her eye on him. She called our little apartment, and this is how she leaves a message. Hello, Pastor Ray. This is so-and-so. And I just called you to let you know that I'm ready to get back on the worship team. And if you need anything, and I do mean anything, feel free to give me a call. I am not lying. This was 20 years ago. Pastor Jesse and Miss Pat are my witnesses because Ray got so scared he called Pastor Jesse. I was in the Kroger trying to get some for Sunday dinner, and Pastor Jesse called me. He said, now, now Wendy, so-and-so done called your house. I was like, see, I don't even know why these people are trying to play me. I love Jesus and all, but I'm from Ypsilanti. We don't even be calling people house like that, asking their husband, do you need anything? Mind you, I hadn't heard the, the, the voicemail yet. But Ray, no, you know, I, he has smoothed out my rough edges, but the smoothing had not yet begun at that time. And I said, I can't believe this chick done called my house. She gonna know. I'm gonna, and I would just, I don't, and yeah, mm-hmm, yes. And then all the way from Kroger, I was just planning. 
And when I get in that house, I'm going to call her number. And I'm going to tell her, you better not never call my house no more. I don't know who you think I am, but you're going to find out today. I mean, I was going up independence, and I had it all planned out. But thank God for the Holy Ghost, because I dialed her number. And the restraining grace of God said, hey, so-and-so, this is Wendy. And Ray said, you called? We have a little rule in our house. Because you're a female and we're married now, then I can answer any question you have. He's standing right here. And the whole time I was like, what happened to Ypsilanti? I was ready to raise up, and I felt justified in my premeditated sin. I was like, she done called my house, so I'm going to let her know. She ain't finna call nobody else's husband again. But in that moment, in that moment, the grace of God to get out of my own flesh, get out of my way. And it wasn't that I was so holy. I've already told you what I wanted to do. But if I saw her today, I could still speak Jesus into her life. If I saw her today because of God's grace over me, when it says your goodness is running after, it's running after me, I never knew that we would be in this position. In that moment 20 years ago, the Lord was preserving my voice in ministry because had I done what I wanted to do I wouldn't be able to stand up here because it is your private life that qualifies you for public ministry had I wore her out I mean even telling you about it I could feel a little something get down in there just get on down I mean I can't believe it but let me tell you probably about seven eight maybe ten years ago she had an older son that had cerebral palsy she found me on Facebook. She said, I heard you and your husband are starting a church on Facebook direct message. She didn't ever send me a friend request. And she said, I just wanted you to know that Marcus passed. That was her oldest son. And, you know, my daughter is doing well. She said, you guys were always such a, a wonderful couple. I'm not surprised. And I cried because of God's goodness over my life because I could get out of my flesh. The greatest right you have as a believer is not to exercise every right that you have. So when we get out and step into, when we look at Exodus, that Exodus was kind of a, um, in Bible school we called it a type and shadow. I think it's more like a, a foreshadowing now of the salvation that Jesus was giving to us. So when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, when they were getting out of bondage, that is a picture of us leaving the bondage of sin. And that picture is when it said follow, when the, when the word says, when God said follow the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, when you see the cloud move, you move. God is moving. He wants to draw his people. When the cloud stops, you stop and you set up tent. We've been setting up tent for how many months now? Now the cloud is moving. We've got to follow the cloud. That was a picture also of God's desire to love us and have communion and fellowship with us, not to be dependent on man, but to be solely dependent on him, that we would have such a relationship with him that when he was moving, we would know when to move. When he says wait, we would know when to wait. When he says go, we would know when to go. When he says hold up, when he says stop, and we wouldn't have to hop on one foot and, and pray down, even though it's okay to hop on one foot and pray down. But God, that was just a picture in Exodus of what God has done, is doing, wants to do in our lives. And his love for us is so great. 
He wants us an unholy people to be able to depend on him, hear him, and follow him as he moves. Say it again, I was born to reproduce. When we think of Exodus, since I brought up Exodus, we generally think of a mass departure of people, mainly immigrants. The word Exodus really, it literally means the road or way out. God is calling us to an Exodus right now, out of being at home, out of being fearful, though we still have to use wisdom, out of that new norm, out of listening to all the voices in the world and into his presence anew, into his divine order anew. God is calling us out to get out, but to, to go into something. And that is greater fellowship, greater uh, anointing, greater understanding of who he is. This thing called get out rings just as powerfully today as it did in the book of Exodus. And I don't want us to put it in a box like, okay, well, that was for them way back then. Our getting out now, since we have exited the bondage of sin, the grip of sin, the, the enemy's grip, since we have exited out, we need to get somebody to come along with us. And to say, you know what? God loves you no matter what. He did this for me in my life. Some of the get outs that we need to do are mindsets. And here are a few of the mindsets we need to get out. Number one, my neighbor and family members, they know I go to church. If they want to be in church, they'll ask me. I'm not my brother's keeper. This is a free country. We need to get out of that mindset. Number two, I work hard all week. I'm not coming to church to work no more. No, thank you. I will not be joining your servant leader team. We need to get out of that mindset. Psalms 20 and 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Each one of you, if I pass this mic, you could tell me if at least one thing or half a thing that God has done for you. Well, because of that thing, that's the thing that spurs you to serve. Not because the team leads are asking you, not because I'm up here. It is out of the goodness of God. Like, yes, I want to be a part of what God is doing because I want somebody that is like me to be able to enjoy this freedom. Number three, a mindset we need to get out of. I don't even need to go to church. The Lord knows my heart. If you're from my neighborhood, you know. Remember uncle? Uncle used to say that. Oh, baby girl, I don't need to go to no church. God know my heart. I send my offering in once a month. It's all good. Yeah, okay, it's over. We need to get out of that mindset. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is nearing. Let us get out of our comfort. Let us come into what God has called us to do. And I am going to close with this. I was uh, reading the Magnolia magazine, you know, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines have their Magnolia um, property. And I really, I'm a, just a plant lover. That is the greatest thing that happened to me during the pandemic. I mean, I am a plant mama. I bought one little fiddly fig tree from Trader Joe's, and I think I have now 60 plants. I'm not, it's not the crazy plant lady. I've just got them spread out all over the house. 
so it doesn't look like I'm a crazy plant lady, but on the low, you know. But I was reading this particular article about bees because if you're into plants, I'm not so much into flowers, but if you're into plants, bees are very integral. So in the Magnolia Journal, their magazine, they had this article called Keeping the Hive. And you know me, if you're at Converge Church, I thought, ooh, I should name a message called Keeping the Church. But I don't want to get sued since this would be on the internet, so I'm just going to give them credit. <laughs> Plus, it, I couldn't, it didn't all the way match with the get out message, but there is a getting out. So I want us to look at the natural life of a honeybee and how we can relate that to our lives as believers. Again, this is my first and only closing, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Keeping the hive, excerpts for Magnolia Journal, it says, the morning is a good time to watch the bees. There's a peace in their movement. They fly away in seemingly senseless patterns, wings fluttering much faster than our eyes can follow, weaving and fluttering as they go. Yet, there is a wisdom in every aspect of flight. All day long, all over the world, the honeybees search in relentless pursuit. What if we were like that when we got up and left our house, our places of residence in the morning, whether it's to go to the Lowe's, whether it's to go to work? We were in relentless pursuit to be an example of Christ. And many times not being able to say his name. It says their movements are small. Again, you don't have to walk around with your picket sign. I love Jesus. Their movements are small. When they hop from one flower to the next, it might not look much in our eyes, but that small hop has abundant yield. Your small get out moment can have abundant yield. When they're traveling from one plant to the next, the honeybee spreads pollen, which is what plants need to reproduce and survive. All day long, all over the world, the honeybee is spreading life. And I thought, oh, that's so powerful. Because all day long, all over the world, as believers, we are called to spread life. Silver and gold have I numbers such as this. I offer you Christ. In the departure, or in the words of Wendy Harmon, in the get-out moments of the honeybee each morning, we can choose to just see one creature setting off on what could be a rather routine string of small tasks. But there's also an invitation to a bigger picture. You see why I wanted to preach this? We have an invitation to a bigger picture in our single solitary life. And it doesn't have to be anything big. It could be making cakes for the homeless and taking clothes to them. That's one small step that not everybody is doing, but it has such an impactful turn of events, t Ross. Or maybe it's just stepping out on faith and showing up to lead worship against what on the inside you really want to do. And it might not mean a whole lot to everybody else, but it means a lot to God because you're in his service. So I close with this in our get out moments. 
if you decide, well, I don't want to be like a church person and I don't have a personality like Wendy's and I'm not called the pastor, we can find our lives hidden in the life of a honeybee. Every day, just make a small step, whether it's, hey, you look nice. When the young lady said, who does your hair? That was an invitation for me to be nice and inviting and welcoming behind a mask. When someone says, can you help me with this at work? Can we be so nice and available to people that they come and ask us at break time? Hey, I'm going through a hard time, and I know you go to that church. Could you just say a prayer for me? We have an invitation from God today to get out and to do exactly what Jesus did. He left his comforts in heaven, and he got out to come and show us an example. And how dare we keep that to ourselves? His goodness is running after it's running after me. His goodness is running after you. And now it's time for us to get out. Don't be weird and run after anybody, but you can walk slowly or be in place. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. And we thank you for your word. We ask that you seal it in the hearts of your people. And Lord, give us get out moments that are approved by you and you alone. Help us not to lean to our flesh and our own understanding, but to look to you, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be here for the first time, or maybe you've um, just came with a friend, and you may think that, hey, Saturday, June 5th is a great time for me to get right with God so that I have the confidence to get out. I'm going to say a quick prayer over you. Maybe you've not been walking with the Lord and you're just like, oh, this church thing, but I'm just going to go because Shelby Griggs asked me to show up. I'm just going to go and, and just be there. Or maybe your mama made you come. Or maybe you have never prayed the prayer of salvation and you say, you know what? I might not want to be like Moses or Wendy or Ray, but I can be like a honeybee. We're going to say a prayer. Everybody's head bowed and your eyes closed. If you just want to be in right relationship with God and rededicate your life, you can just slip up your hand. And if you don't want to slip up your hand, you don't have to. You can pray to the Lord. And you can repeat after me in your heart, Lord Jesus, I've strayed away, but I thank you for today. I welcome you back to be Lord of my life. Help me to be who you've called me to be. I thank you that you forgive me. I ask you now to be the Lord of my life, to come into my heart, to show me the ways in which I am to walk. Lord Jesus, I believe that you came as a man, that you came as a babe, you grew up to be a man, you died and you rose again just for me. I ask that you accept me. I accept you. Come into my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, guess what is happening in heaven right now? There are angels writing your name in the book of life that can never be erased. 
And if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask that you meet me outside. You can meet me or you can meet Pastor Jesse who did the communion. And you can just say, hey, I gave my heart to the Lord. We want to get some resources to you. We've got a Bible for you and a book called Fresh Start that can set you on your path. If you're a gentleman, we want to get you hooked up with these big, burly, good-looking, singing-for-Jesus kind of guys that can help you along your way. If you're a young lady, we've got cute young ladies that wear high heel shoes on Saturday night that would love for you to be a part of the ministry. And so again, we thank you so much. We're going to have our worship team come up. All the teams right after service, after everybody has gone, if you could just meet with me in the lobby, I just want to love on you for 2.5 seconds, maybe minutes, but it'd just be 2.5. I love you so much and keep this in your heart. Get out. Let's stand and do one last worship song.
patience for your family, for your children, and their children, and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations for your families, and your children, and their children, and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations Yeah. 
upon you in a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children oh. Amen. by today's message, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some information to help you kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at info at weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com give. You can also text 77977, type in Converge Give and the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.